This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Coronavirus Update. If you're in lockdown, just like me, don't worry. I've put together some of the best bits from my talk radio breakfast show into this daily podcast, so you won't miss any of the day's biggest coronavirus updates. Enjoy and stay safe. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. So right now, I'd like you to welcome the Minister for Crime and Policing, Kit Malthouse, to the show. Good morning to you. Good morning, Julia. How are you? Um, good morning. Very well indeed. Well, no, I, no, I'm not very well indeed. I'm darned angry, as I think a lot of the country is, after seeing the mm-hmm. scenes in uh, in both London and Bristol yesterday. Um, let me yeah, ask you this. As, as, a, as a crime and policing minister, what on earth is the point of quarantining someone flying in from Greece or Portugal to, from today for two weeks when we allow mass protests to take place on our streets that, and we allow them to turn violent and we have no social distancing whatsoever? And goodness knows how many risks to people people, including the police, uh, over the weekend. What's the point of introducing those quarantine rules? Well, obviously, the, you understand the rationale behind the quarantine rules, that as our uh, infection rate falls in this country, it becomes even more important that we don't reintroduce infection from overseas. And that's the reason that we're bringing that in today. But you are right um, that one of the things we did stress about the protests yesterday was that they were contrary to the regulations and that they did run a risk of of spreading the virus and that people should at all if at all possible avoid doing that Um, having said that obviously the strength of feeling meant that many people did come out on the streets quite a lot of them attempted to uh, observe social distancing although looking from the footage it wasn't terribly successful uh, event and we'll all have to hold our breath for a couple of weeks um, to see whether it has had an impact on the, the infection rate well, well, again, I mean, it's, been, it's going to be an interesting giveaway. If it doesn't have an effect, then it turns out we could have all been out and about for quite some time. Um, as the man who is in charge, you know, OK, you deputise to the Home Secretary, Priti Patel, uh, but of, of, you know, keeping us safe on our streets and the police. Are you happy with how the police decided to actually deal with those protests yesterday, alternating between standing by and running away? Well, I am happy with the way the police handled the protest because obviously public order uh, policing is something that we're very experienced at in this country. And while footage of officers retreating in advance of a crowd in order to regroup and then advance might look like they're standing back, actually, uh, during yesterday, uh, there were high levels of control by the police um, in what was a very difficult and tricky situation. The vast majority of people, it's worth saying, um, did come and act peacefully. And there were a number of people in the crowd, actually, who were trying to defuse some of the violence. But it's pretty obvious that a small group showed up intent on violence and a confrontation with the police. And we know this because they showed up with fireworks and flare bombs and smoke bombs. 
the way you who do. Goes to yes. protest, uh, who goes to a protest for those things. Um, uh, but I think the police dealt with it well, yeah. And it was a, a, a difficult situation uh, where they maintained uh, a good level of control and you know, managed to deal with this small number um, well. And, of course, post the event, as we know from other events, footage will be analysed and further arrests, I've no doubt, will be made. But you genuinely believe that a statue being toppled and dragged and thrown into a harbour in Bristol, the, the cenotaph, people climbing onto cenotaph to tra- start trying to burn the Unite Union flag on a memorial to our war heroes in central London, uh, people over the weekend you know, throwing throwing bottles and bicycles you know, over, the, at the, over the gates at Downing Street, uh, uh, throwing, throwing things at police horses, causing a WPC to have a collapsed lung and broken ribs when she fell from her horse, and the defacing of Winston Churchill statue. You call that the police having high levels of control. What would a low level of control look like? Well, obviously, Julia, those uh, events are disgraceful. And um, I know that investigations will be ongoing into all uh, similar events like that. And uh, prosecutions will no doubt follow where evidence can be gathered. But you know as well as I do that in a a situation like that where you've got a, a, a crowd intent on violence, Um, containing them and then dealing with them over time is key. Now, I agree with you. I would uh, love to have been in a situation where those things could have been prevented from happening. But I'm not a commander on the ground uh, trying to control an unruly uh, crowd and uh, having the safety of my officers in mind as much as making sure that damage to these things doesn't occur. And so I think we have to have confidence um, in our commanders on the ground, trust in them and their judgment and their very high levels of training and make sure that they're able to go in and deal with these things as appropriate to the safety of their officers. We don't want more people injured than we, uh, police officers injured than we can possibly uh, help. And so that's what I, I think they tried to do yesterday. It's worth pointing out the police are obviously operationally independent. They make those decisions themselves. Um, and as I say, the, the perpetrators of these acts um, following the review of the footage will, I'm sure, be brought to justice. OK, and yes, no doubt get a nice little slap on the wrist. Um, I mean, I, again, I just don't think this is how most people watching those scenes will have reacted. People, people who are equally horrified, as horrified as the people on those protests are by the brutal killing of George Floyd in America, don't feel that because people feel strongly about something, that justifies them terrorising people on the streets, uh, you know, mm. throwing things at the police. And, like, and a lot of people are saying, well, you know, they don't understand why the police are happy to, for instance, take a knee, which is a political statement. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not an appropriate thing for a police officer to do, no matter how sympathetic they are with a cause when they're on duty, and to run away when people are, are, are pelting them. I mean, should we even be putting police officers in this situation to actually be forced to be doing these things? Well, as I say, just to be clear, the, the, the violence and the vandalism yesterday was completely unacceptable and disgraceful. And I hope that justice will follow for those people who perpetrated it. Um, now, obviously, the police have to deal with the, the situations presented with them. And until you've been in the front line of dealing with an angry mob like that, uh, it, it's, it's not easy to imagine how you can move and flex your officers uh, to deal with it and not if you like, provoke more violence than otherwise would be the case. Now, obviously, in those situations, the the police took difficult decisions, both in terms of standing up their police officers, but then the moment at which the NATO helmets had to come on and they put more, if you like, riot gear type police officers out there to make sure that the crowd was 
controlled. And, you know, we have a, a good and strong command team on public order across the country, and in particular in London. And I think they, they did largely um, get it right, as far as I can see. But that doesn't mean to say that, you know, things happened that shouldn't have happened, like some of the damage. And as I say, I hope that consequences will follow for those people who did that, and frankly, undermined the purpose of the demonstration, which was overwhelmingly peaceful, albeit this small group uh, decided to come for a fight. Now, I know you need to go, but as one last question, I just want to check. So I'm, I'm planning to go on holiday to France in mid-July. If the quarantine rules are still in place, why should I obey the law and go into quarantine for two weeks um, if people who are allowed to go on, are allowed to go on protests and allowed to act with impunity on the streets during these protests don't face the law? Well, they won't be acting with impunity, Julia, as I said to you. The, the footage will be examined, and though where evidence can be gathered, those people will be brought to justice. No, you know, no, what about don't... the people just going on the march? That was breaching the law. That's breaching the lockdown rules. Just simply going on that march, meeting with up with more than five other people, is in breach of the current rules. Why should I be expected to quarantine my family for two weeks if I fly back from France when people like uh, who are on the Black Lives Matter marches don't apparently have to obey the law? Well, Tell we me why. Make it... Well, we did make it clear uh, before the march that it was contravening the regulations and that it ran the risk of causing a public health. Are any of those people going to be prosecuted? Some no. will be prosecuted. No, no, not unless they yeah. commit violence. People will not be prosecuted for simply going on the march. So again, tell me again, why should I quarantine myself and my family if we fly in if the rules don't apply to everybody? Well, Julia, as you know, much of our um, guidance and. Uh, desire during this entire lockdown period has been to make sure that we have a high level of cooperation and compliance with the British public. We, we all have to recognise that our collective health depends on individual compliance. We tried to stress that to those, whatever, 15,000 demonstrators who came out in London and 120 or thousand across the country. Um, to, uh, we'll all have to hold our breath for a couple of weeks to see what impact they've had on the infection rate. But I hope that you, as a right-thinking member of, of society, would recognise that need to cooperate and uh, would do so. And, and I know, you know, we, we do have an extremist enforcement powers around the 14-day quarantine, but I'm confident that most people will sensibly see the need to cooperate. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. Let's talk to the former Director General of the CBI, Lord Digby Jones, about matters which perhaps concern uh, more people's ordinary lives. And these are the attempts to lift the lockdown sooner rather than later. The government's trying to fast track some of the easing of the lockdown amid fears of huge economic damage and the loss of three million jobs. Uh, Lord Digby Jones, do you think the government should speed up the lifting of the lockdown? Yeah, good morning, Julia. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Yes, I do. For two reasons. One, you've just said, um, and well put, which is that uh, we've got to get this economy absolutely motoring again. And secondly, in a democracy, and you were talking about one of the characteristics of democracy being uh, nonviolent protest um, in, in one respect this morning. And the other one, of course, is by and large, governments governed by consent. I mean, by and large, uh, police, army, I don't know, anybody who who, who uh, imposes the rules, there has to be a degree of consent from the populace because there is no way you can lock everybody up if they don't do something, whatever it may be. And it's perfectly obvious that, by and large, the country's going to get on with it, whatever the rules say, by and large. And, and in that respect, I think it would be better to lead from the front and say, right, enough's enough here, let's move on. And the education of the nation, and I was listening to your clip from Ian Duncan Smith in the news just before I came on. I thought he was spot on, actually, which was at some point you've got to embrace this disease and say, how do we coexist with this disease? It's still killing 350 people a day, you know. I mean, this is not... Anybody who thinks that release of lockdown equals being safe, get real. But we've got to embrace this disease and say we're going to coexist with it we're going to have social distancing in everything we do. We're going to wear stuff to stop catching it as best we can. We're going to do stuff like antiseptic hand wash and washing hands and all the rest of it for a long, long time. Because until there's a vaccine, this thing is going to kill us. But if we actually do not now embrace the problem, get out there and start earning money as a nation, you won't generate profit. You don't, therefore, pay tax. You don't, therefore, build schools and hospitals. And at the same time, of course, you have huge unemployment. Now, I'm a fan of the V-shape. I actually think this nation will come back very strongly, pent-up demand, global aspect, free of the shackles of the regulations of the EU and all the rest of it. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of a, of, a, of a swift return, but that cannot happen unless we get on with actually saying we're going to coexist with this killer disease. Now... I am also a fan of the fact that if you find, wasn't it Western Supermare last week, I think, if you find there are little areas, or even bigger areas, that matter, where, you, where, where there is a spike and the, and the reproduction rate goes over one, then do something in that area, for sure. And by the way, I don't mean... The, the, little, the local lockdowns. No, I don't but mean again, of course, a lot of that does rely on there being a decent... Test and trace system in place, though, Digby, because and of course we know that you know to get to get to be able to test people and get the results back quickly and know where a spike is happening. Can I ask you specifically about the travel quarantine? We're going to be talking to the chief executive of Heathrow Airport in just a few moments, but the travel quarantine rules they started today at a time we're easing our lockdown. We've seen you know mass protests, people gathering in their thousands altogether, no social distancing whatsoever. Does it make sense to have travel quarantine rules uh, for people arriving from countries like Portugal and Greece, uh, and indeed some countries? 
which are now reporting zero uh, pan, pan, you know, virus cases whatsoever and are much, frankly, much safer than our country. Yeah, there's an element of, um, please put these words in a well-known phrase of saying, horse bolting lock and stable door. I mean, there, there is certainly a, a degree of why that on earth didn't this happen two, three months ago. And, and I, I find that very, very problematic to deal with. Um, but wh- why I would actually do it, if only for two or three weeks, three weeks, say four weeks review it, is that we have got to ensure that people can't get in here and bring it with them at this point. And it's, it's all very well and good saying, yeah, but people can come from countries where there isn't any or very little. And you might have an air bridge. You might be able to say we will have a sealed plane and get them in. But at the end of the day, people can get to that country, change planes and come to our country. So it's like, can you stop it coming from France? But it's not France, is it? It's people who go to France and come down the Channel Tunnel. So I'm, I, we have got to make sure, I wish we'd done it earlier, that if there's some economic pain going around, let's stop this thing at in, at the border, and I, I'm, I, the quicker we can have a test, which actually gives you a result in say four hours, so that at least people can say, if you've had the test, then there is no 14-day quarantine. Get on with your life. But it, until we can prove that somebody coming in hasn't got it, I think the nation deserves to be saying, if you're make, going to make this effort, so should they. But it's interesting, isn't it? Um, I, I was listening to your other guest. Do black lives matter? You bet they do. But they matter, by the way, not standing next door to each other in a, in a, in a, in a demonstration where you're going to give each other the thing. I mean, it, 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 this is a coexistence in all aspects of our lives. And we've got to make sure that people, if we're going to stop them at the border, if we're going to have, I didn't understand, I've got, I've got your point, you know, we, we're going to have uh, dentists, not hairdressers. I mean, how mad's that? But if we're going to coexist with things, you've also got to think, well, if you turn up to a demo, your life matters, whether you're black or white or anything. And, 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 and the lives can't. of the, the perhaps elderly relatives you might be wanting to visit uh, who's, who's, you know, and other people you might stand next to in the supermarket, Hugh, frankly. Online, on DAB and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. I'm delighted now to welcome a Chief Executive Officer of Heathrow Airport, John Holland Cade, to the show. Good morning to you, sir. Hi, good morning, Julia. Um, so, uh, but you got the uh, instructions from the government, uh, was it late Friday afternoon, on how you were supposed to handle your passengers arriving at Heathrow Airport and other airports in this country. Have you been able to put it into place and how is it working? Yes, we have. I was in Terminal 2 watching the first planes arriving first thing this morning and actually all went very smoothly. Um, Border Force had uh, organised things well. They managed the process. And one of the reasons, of course, it is easier to manage is that hardly anybody is flying. And these quarantine rules have effectively meant that um, nobody will choose to travel to the UK unless they absolutely have to and are prepared to quarantine for two weeks. So I think until we see uh, a lifting of the quarantine restrictions, we'll see very few uh, uh, air travellers. And, of course, that also means uh, fewer planes and uh, less, uh, uh, less trade happening because a lot of the uh, exports and supply chain to the UK come in the past, in the luggage holds or passenger planes. So uh, this lockdown of uh, people is also locking down the economy. And until we have a plan for how we can get out of this, um, I think uh, large parts of the UK economy will remain at a standstill. 
And that's it. A lot of us are focused on, oh, I want to get my summer holiday to Spain in or, or France in this this uh, this summer. And it's actually much more than that. It is a huge, huge, huge part of our economy and a huge part of our trade in terms of the amount of goods that come in and out on aeroplanes and indeed on our ports as well. Um, but particularly with the aeroplanes, a lot of those passenger planes also carry cargo. And if those passenger planes aren't going, the cargo can't go either. Um, you, you have you, been you uh, joining... You've been joining with the airlines, and the airlines have made, are now going in with a formal legal complaint, a legal challenge to the government on the basis that the, the, this new law is illogical and unworkable. Let's go through some of the exemptions. I mean, when it comes to ports, lorry drivers, that makes sense. They're exempt, so they can bring goods in. But commuting French bankers are, are exempt. If we arrive um, from the Republic of Ireland, even if we've come, you know, the Republic Island from Brazil originally, where we have a high rate of rate of infection, we can travel freely without uh, having any quarantine. And of course, once you move to Wales or Scotland or Northern Ireland, the English law doesn't apply in terms of the quarantine either. Um, this does strike me as a as a rather silly law. Um, when you've made representations to the government, what has their response been? Well, they have been clear that this is necessary on medical grounds to protect against the second wave of the infection. And that is something that, of course, we support. We don't, we don't want to see a second peak here in the UK. That would be even more devastating. But what we do want to see is a plan for how we get out of this. We can't have a blanket quarantine indefinitely, which is what we have in place at the moment. Something has to follow on, whether that's in, in a few weeks or a few months' time. Something needs to come next. And we want to know what it is. You've got to have a, an exit plan from these things. And uh, Grant Shapps, the Transport Secretary, talked a few weeks ago about air bridges, which would allow passengers from low-risk countries, of whom there are an increasing number, to come to the UK without any kind of quarantine. That seems a very sensible approach. Um, we know the government's been looking at that. The Prime Minister's mentioned it several times, but there's been no commitment yet from the government that that is going to happen, and no detailed plan has come out about how it will work. And that's what we need to get from the government now. Uh, commit to uh, how you're going to reopen your borders so that we can start to plan ahead. Because if there's any chance that um, anyone's going to go on holiday this summer, we need to know how we're going to reopen our borders before we get to the end of June so that we can start planning ahead and the planes are ready to go in the middle of July when holidays start to break up. But the same applies with uh, all the things you've talked about. If we can get people flying again, we can start to get our economy moving again. And 40% of all of uh, the UK's exports go on passenger planes from Heathrow. If those planes are grounded, then the UK economy, the exporters, are operating at 40% lower uh, output than they could be doing. And other people who have opened their economies are stealing our markets. So this is a, this is a, a, a really big economic issue. We've got to save lives, but we need to save livelihoods as well. And there are other ways, of course, of checking on passengers, aren't there? And that's what's happening in, in many of the countries that have been very successful dealing with the pandemic. Temperature checks, which I know you've been trialling at Heathrow, people wearing masks, social distancing where they can, cleaning, obviously, you know, mass cleaning of the planes and at the airports, yep. but also testing. Uh, has, has that been a frustration for you at the airport and in the airline industry generally, that, that, that we've been promised a test and trace regime? It was supposed to be, the app was supposed to be in place, well, I mean, you know, a whole month ago now, effectively. Um, we still haven't got quick tests testing we can just see you know on the spot whether someone is at risk or not but what other measures would you prefer to be using rather than the quarantine to keep people safe well um you're absolutely right the key thing is to prevent people who do not have the disease from tra traveling and of course in most countries the vast vast majority of people do not have the disease 
Um, so we're keeping everyone out to avoid the risk of those few people who do have the disease from getting on a plane. And we should be much more targeted to see um, uh, to, to test people whether they have the disease before they get on a flight rather than quarantining them when they get here. So I think, I think in the initial stages, the airbridge idea um, is probably the right way to go. But very quickly, we need to agree a testing regime whereby people um, have what's called a PCR test to test whether they have the disease uh, within uh, 24 hours or 48 hours before they get on a plane. And that would allow those individuals to come into the country from any destination without um, having further quarantine. And that would allow us to get back to something a little bit more like normal. But to do that, of course, you've got to have some uh, common standards agreed with other countries so that if someone is tested in the UK, they can arrive in, in the US um, without having to go under undergoing quarantine because the US will accept the test that's happened in the UK and vice versa. And this is where uh, you can quickly imagine where the solution seems quite simple. It's going to take months to negotiate this and agree it and put it in place. And that's why the government has to start now on agreeing what that common international standard for health screening will be with countries like the US and with the European Union. And I think the British government can take a real lead in this. Um, in, uh, we've got one of the biggest aviation sectors in the world and one of the biggest economies in the world. So we're a natural leader for setting up this common international standard for health screening. And that's where I'd like to see the government focusing their energy. Across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to today's Julia Hartley Brewer coronavirus update. Please don't forget to like, comment and most importantly, subscribe. And you can catch me live on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 till 10. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.